Hey everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slowbeef. With me, of course, my good friend Jim. Hey everybody. My good friend Polo Hoko. Hey ya. My good friend Oren Ronan. Hello. My good friend Turbo C. Hello. <laughs> I even had one. My good friend Devious Vacuum. Tattoo, motherfuckers! <laughs> oh my god. Ah! It's just as refreshing as the last podcast. I want to I send a message to myself in the past warning <laughs> me that you were going to say that. This is my one joke. Now this is an educational podcast from now on. Sorry, folks. Look, I want everyone to listen to all of the cans that are going to be opened and have been opened and tell me whether or not they are Dr. People. I'll give you a hint. This one wasn't. After this season is over, somebody please make a supercut of all the times we opened cans and bottles on this podcast. That sounds like fun. 15 minutes of VNBC opening bottles. <laughs> that sounds like a good activity. The most refreshing podcast out there. <laughs> sounds better than most of our usual episodes. Why don't you just take 12 cans opening or however many episodes we're going to have and just do that? No, we can't cheat. Who's we? I'm not doing this shit. That would be cheating. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, listen, look, 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 come on. Chapter three, right? Yeah, so last time we we let, it, let uh, we ended on sort of a, a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, they, they figured out that the Jellyman reports were uh, failed time travel experiments on human beings. And uh, it started with uh, the first uh, article that they opened, which was a news article from 1921 that proved that they had sent CERN had sent a man back in time, and it didn't work. And we begin chapter three, um, continuing to read about the Jellymen, the Jellified people. Yep. And this is a really long scene that is basically just us going through background information on CERN. I, well, it, I like this scene because there was something that I didn't pick up on last time where we were talking about, okay, if you are doing something that creates a paradox and basically undoes itself and you're looking at newspapers trying to figure out, okay, what is actually happening here? It, I, I didn't pick up that the, the Jellymen all have like a CERN tattoo. Yeah. Like, they have CERN on their bodies, and that kind of makes sense, where it's like, okay, even though we didn't actually send this guy into the future because he doesn't exist anymore, um, it's the CERN tattoo, so they can just look at every paper and say, oh, wait, that's a CERN tattoo. Uh, it looks like we failed the experiment. So that's the proof. Yeah, but, like, how did no one ever notice this when CERN became this, like, even in this, like, timeline that we're in, it's supposed to be, a, like, a subject of, like, conspiracy theories and stuff? Well, one of them was modern, but, um, the newspaper article said it's um, denied involvement. With yeah, like, they, they, they've specifically been asked about it. It's so weird that nobody's been like, but there, look throughout history. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it, uh, I'm sure maybe it did, even, right? Like, I don't think the game might get into it, but there's nothing excluding the fact that there's some YouTube or whatever video out there in this game that's like, um, hey, you know what? Like, these, these the gel, everybody, like, so last, like I said, my wife got into conspiracy theory YouTube, and I don't mean like Alex Jones stuff. I mean, like, there's just these people in their kitchens who tell you stories about, like, the Jersey Devil and stuff. Welcome back, everybody. It's Jelly Boy yeah. 634, and exactly. Yeah, that's what I like. They, they're they basically failing their experiment, and they accidentally created a cryptid. Yeah, but, like, 
That's exactly it. So there, maybe there's some video out there that's like, so basically the jelly men have appeared throughout time and they have like CERN tattoos. But could CERN be involved, or is it just a coincidence? They appeared before CERN's, like, foundation, so who knows, you know? Yeah. But nobody takes it seriously. I would love to have a conspiracy theorist that is just like, but it could be a coincidence. I could just be fucking it up. I would love to have that in any conspiracy theory video I've ever seen. Oh, wait. Yeah, like the cons I'm the conspiracy guy, but I don't commit to anything I say. I might be wrong. Who knows? Like, let's 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 be real here. I am posing some pretty wild theories. Just no conviction in anything they say. But you know, we all got our opinions. Who can say? <laughs> but uh, oh, the only thing I'm saying is, if I saw a modern video where somebody's like, "Oh, look at this past conspiracy," and then he's like, "Look at all these tattoos and all these newspaper photographs," I'd be like, "Whoa, okay, that's actually legit." Yeah. There's like seven. <laughs> there's 14 people throughout history with certain tattoos. That's a lot. Here's the thing. To to be fair, in like half of these newspapers, they're either stuck in a wall, or like washed up on the beach, and in some cases, you can't even see the tattoo. But that's. I like that it's these newspaper clippings across all spans of time, across the country, you know, some of them wind up in the ocean, some of them are just at, like, the bottom of the cliffs, or, like, stuck in a wall, or, like, halfway through things, and they, they kind of explain it like, okay, if something's being sent back in time, like, you can either go through space, oh, how did they explain it? Basically, the Earth still moves. You stay yeah, in the right. same place, you go through time, the Earth is moving. This is my favorite part, because, like, yeah, any any time machine you create also has to be pretty much a teleportation machine as well. And even John Titor's theory had, like, this, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but basically he had stuff that locked onto Earth's gravity, gravity to find it within the universe. But I yeah. just love this, because there's the, now that there, there's the, now there are billions of, I'm, probably not billions, but there are a bunch of jellymen just floating out in space, waiting for a satellite of us to find it. Yeah, like the jellymen reports are the ones that are lucky enough to be somewhere on Earth. Like the rest of them are just out on in space or wherever. I just, I just can't wait for the NASA report to be like, yeah, um, Curiosity found a, a dude. <laughs> but based on how they describe it, it's like in twenty thousand years in the future they'll find them, right? Like it's so impossibly far away. Let me bake your noodle, though. Okay, Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! This is a cooking show. <laughs> nobody remembers the Matrix. Jeez, it's just the red pill thing, and after that, nobody remembers these references. Sorry, I've blocked but, uh, out all parts of my brain that contain the keyword red pill. Well, you know the movie's good. Besides that, it's a shame, really. But anyway, um, it really holds up. No, the Oracle said I didn't. I haven't seen it honestly in a while. Um, the Oracle says now here's one that is really gonna bake your noodle when she's talking about a cause and effect thing. Oh my um, god. But, uh, okay. Under normal timeline, yeah, like, you would notice 14 different jelly men with CERN tattoos and be like, hold on, something's going on here. The one thing is, if you're noticing them would interfere with CERN having them back, the universe or something's going to fix that so they don't. So it's the question that people has, haven't made the connection in this timeline, except for CERN themselves, because they're specifically looking... Or what? Or is that? Or is it just like a miss by the game because they probably would have found it? Well, this sort of gets into something that we cover pretty much at the end of this chapter of uh, attractor fields, which is I think something unique to Steinsgate in how they do time travel, uh, in which that like um, changes that are only minute basically converge back into a single timeline at some point, 
and then they they'll 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 split back again, but they will also still converge. And then these are these attractor fields. So if you just send a Jellyman back, maybe that's not enough to uh, change everything enough that there would it, it still converges and Stern still sends someone back. Yeah, there could be a YouTube channel out there in this in this timeline that's like CERN conspiracy, but uh... <laughs> CERN might have themselves made that channel because they're like, oh, we need to spread disinformation. That's actually information. Oh, we need to discredit ourselves. Yeah. So like, like, just make the thumbnail big and stupid, and have the guy be really obnoxious. <laughs> right. J you know, just like with flat Earth. <laughs> it's like no, hold on. It's like giant. It's it's giant font. Yeah, it's like a giant font CERN conspiracy with some guy being like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> Get that really loud Swedish janitor who doesn't do anything to make these videos. He'll <laughs> <laughs> give him something to do. <laughs> I like how we've turned this janitor into a character. I hope he comes back. So the, the game presents us with a lot of backstory, like scientific explanation at this point. I don't know how far we want to get into it. We, they talk about care black holes, they talk about ionocrafts, they talk about uh, all that stuff. Do we want to, do you want to hit, how about this, what if we hit the plot points and then we loop back <laughs> for anything we want to talk yeah. in depth about that? Well, the thing about the, the ionocraft is that they see reference to a lifter and they don't know um... What what they have that's equivalent to a lifter? Oh yeah, at this point they're still hacking CERN. Yeah, so quick without getting into what the details are, they they have what's called a Kerr black hole that it's they need that to time travel, and then a lifter which they notice in that CERN has, and that's called an ionocraft, which is used to inject electrons into the black hole to basically make you able to go through it without being destroyed. So. One thing too, and Anacraft is a real thing, which you can like Google and stuff, like mm -hmm. that people have made on YouTube and things like that. But we can get into that later. Which um, they do. They go on YouTube and see some Russian guy in there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh. I've seen those videos before too. I didn't I expect that to be in this game. I was like, wait, I, this is a real life thing. I've watched a video about on YouTube. Well, they theorize that the microwave is a smaller version of the LHC, um, but they don't know what active the um, lifter for. For, for the microwave. Right. Oh, they don't know. They haven't taken it apart. Uh, does it matter? Like, I guess they explain care black holes and just this idea that, like, this the central, like, I guess, abstraction is that there's this ring that is formed in the, in the time machine process, and, like, that ring is important in sort of, like, how you abstractly think about what's going on because things have to pass through it. So, I'm gonna describe it as I see it, because I see things simply, so maybe that would be the best way to get it. It's like Sonic, with these rings. Don't explain it with magical girls, though. Yeah, it's like Sonic, yeah, exactly. Um, Do you use a, J a JRPG to explain it? <laughs> uh, we'll go over that, but basically, you need a Large Hadron Collider to make a black hole. You can't go through time with just a black hole, because once you go through the black hole, you can't escape. Nothing escapes a black hole. If you have a black hole with two cores, the cores can spin around each other, getting faster and faster, making a ring, and at that point, the event horizon, which is the point where, like, light and nothing can escape a black hole, actually becomes visible, and you can see inside it and go through it. And that's what we're trying to get to. Correct, but reverse that. The event horizon becomes invisible. You can you can see inside it. Oh, yeah, it becomes invisible, and yeah. you, you can see inside it. Otherwise, you can't, because not even yeah. light can escape a black hole. 
Right, so you can see you can see the singularity, the naked singularity. Mm-hmm. So more or less, yeah. Like the 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 care black hole is sort of like uh, an exception to the black hole rule that you can't escape. It's like a deluxe black hole. Yeah. You also need what? What is it? An ionocraft? I get. Let's fuck, fuck it. Let's just get into it. Yeah. You need an I, I, What is it? An ionocraft mm-hmm. to make to yeah. get there and make it. And yeah, they're figuring. Yeah, exactly. But it is a real thing to as as well as, as most of the physics things are. Care black holes are real. Well, theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a real thing. You can look it up outside of this game. A care black hole is my uncle, and he works at Nintendo. <laughs> In theoretical physics, they're real. Please, everyone listening to the podcast, please don't make black holes in your house. It's it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they only live for a few femtoseconds in the black hole. Yeah, so anyway. I guess you can make black holes if you want to. If you really have to. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So Akabe, that character here, um, I think after having all this discussion, he has a dream. Am I skipping over anything? Uh, they have a roundtable conference. Oh, right? yeah. They <laughs> have a team meeting. And, yeah. Which he calls a roundtable conference, but is it's a square table. And then he tells them after, like, our roundtable conference has, 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 like, adjourned. And I think Daru's like, this was, wait, this was a roundtable conference? You didn't tell us that. Also calls it the 66th... The 66th... 66th one. Even though it's never happened before. Right, yeah. He's also very clearly re- leading the round table, which goes against the purpose. So, and they name, they have a name now for sending texts to the past, or their invention. They have, there's a whole bit, there's, it's, one thing before the, the round table, another, like, a, just a note of, like, what's happening in the outside world, um, Rintaro watches the news and they interview someone from NASA who says that the satellite, like, they're saying, like, the satellite crashed into the Radicon building, and he's like, that's not a satellite, that's not what satellites look like. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the news. So, so it's like something starting to happen in the outside world as well, probably. Also, before the round table, is that when they figure out what was wrong with the D-mails, or is it after? It's, well, right before they do everything, they, well, I guess at the round table they come up with the D-mails. But they, they, and, yeah. and they test it for a while, too. Mails that go to the past, emails, yeah. Okay, because basically they figure it out. They figure out that they couldn't get it to work before. It was working before, it's not working now. And the only thing that they didn't test for was the time period that they did it. So it seems that the time travel machine only works between the period of like noon and 6 p.m., I think. Yeah. And, and importantly here is that Rintaro notices it, and he does this a few times in this in this reading, that, like, he, you finally get a sense of, like, oh, he's not just crazy, he actually does have some ideas that work. They're not, like, great, like, revelationary ideas, but he does have, like, a, a sense of this. And this was, this was a weird one to me, because, like, if... if Carisu was like, oh, that's a good idea. We, I didn't, I didn't even think about that in terms of the time. But if he's proposing, like, no, we need to send the mail between twelve p.m. and six p.m. Uh, like, if I were her, I'd be like, that sounds fake and probably not real. So, the, what I do kind of like though is before this, you start getting a weird sense that, um, I guess what Ocarine, I guess. Uh, is that the name we're settling on for him? Like the We keep saying Rintaro because it's on the screen whenever he says something. I call Rintaro. Yeah. Alright, Rintaro. 
Um, Trent's calm. He'll but, win. Guess, he's almost like a weird producer in a way, in the sense that like he's not doing work. You know, like he's just sort of like order bossing people around, but he doesn't really seem to know what he's talking about. It's really like running a research lab in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but here he's contributing. Like in this chapter, I feel like he does have good conversations with Chris Krisu, and like it's working a little better. Yeah. I'll be honest, too, part of me wants to like him, but like uh yeah. you know, so but I, I do like him better this chapter than previous ones, because I feel like at least now he's helping, as opposed to before, where he was just acting like a weirdo. And He's clearly not an idiot. I mean, he, he's the only one that can right. really keep up with Kurisu about the science talk. Yeah, that's the big thing, too. He he understands what she's saying, whereas everybody else is kind of like, uh, sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yes! No, exactly. But even before that, like in chapters one in, or whatever, you just get, you were, I was getting a sense that there's nothing special about him except he has some innate ability to see the timelines. And other than that, he's just kind of, like, useless and, like, weird. But here it's like, no, 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 he does get it. He can have a conversation. And like you say, yeah, like, he can kind of at least meet her on some level. As a, And he's helpful in contributing now. Yeah. He also has a moment, um, he has a moment where he actively, like, he says, like, I shouldn't, I decide, like, he decides that he shouldn't upset, Car he should try not to upset Carissa so much anymore because she's been really helpful. And so he, I was, like, really proud of him. I was like, yes, you're growing, like, as a character. <laughs> I don't know why the character growth is happening, but okay, I'll take it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, have another, I have another theory about him, but we can say that till later, because I think it doesn't come through till, till the end. Well, what I like about Rintaro in, in this chapter is that he, there's a few moments where he just kind of drops the curtain for a little bit. Like, yeah, he's yeah. satisfied to just play pretend, but... At this point in the story, okay, we're getting into real things with the whole Jellyman report. Oh, wait, this is actual time travel. Uh, I don't know if I want to play anymore. Is, is Well, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it was an inverted or a little front he put on that he gets too into, this could be like, hey, you know what, fuck it, everybody. we got a time machine here. I gotta get to real. I gotta get to brass tacks, folks. And they've also all been really, um, hit by the fact that there have been 100 plus human experiments by CERN since 2001. Oh yeah, we skipped that part. That is really disturbing. And like, they're just teenagers. Like, the reality of more than a hundred people dying, like, they don't really know what to do with that. Like, they don't know, they're like trying to process it. Like, just the idea of one person dying in this experiment is like, too much for them. And then they're like, they keep seeing more and more and more. And it really upsets them. We cover, like, I think in the previous chapter two toward the end, even Rintaro says a thing like, you know, I, I don't know what's in here with this human experimentation stuff, but I feel feeling like if we open this box, we can't go back, kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know. Well, too late, though. Whatever. Now to make the time. Now to send email. Yeah. They all sort of agree. They spend a long time trying to figure out what to name it, and they finally call it D-Mail. He starts with Nostalgia Drive. Which is, <laughs> which is the worst. It really is. I, I don't mind it, though. <laughs> the Drive, though? Like... I feel like that was probably another name for Steins Gate that got rejected. <laughs> in, like, the, the game planning <laughs> meeting. Yeah, that's true. It's just like some old guy's porn thing. Like, oh, don't click on the nostalgia drive folder. <laughs> no, 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 no. It sounds like a, like a uh, fucking move from fate. Like, come on. Like, it's definitely somebody's, somebody's, I don't know, I use a command spell. Use your, your 
Nostalgia Drive. Nostalgia Drive. It does sound like some like low grade, not like Final Fantasy, but some knockoff JRPG series. Right, which is what Fate is. Break. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never played. Fate. Okay, I thought Fate wasn't that like a vi- like a visual novel. Or? It's everything, but it's still an. I, I would still call it. It's still. I would still call it that. Um, aesthetically. Conceptually, not necessarily in terms of gameplay mechanics. Philosophically. Philosophically, yeah. But we get the rules now for for D mail after they tested yeah. it. Out. We didn't say what the D D and D mail stands for, right? We did not. Uh, oh, I think Daru suggests uh, Delorean mail. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Delorean mail. They do a bunch of Back to the Future puns, and then someone suggests DeLorean mail, and they're like, no, that's too long. Let's just go with D-mail. It's like, no, that's dumb. Too late. We're going with that. This feels kind of, honestly, to me, and I guess, Arun, you can tell me if I'm right here, that they had a little trouble that maybe in Japanese it's called D-mail. No, no, no. But... It's, it's, it's exactly the same. Oh. Okay. It's a Back to the Future <laughs> joke. It seemed, like, so obtuse. Like, okay, like, like, a six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Like, it's Back to the Future, hence DeLorean, hence Demon. You know what I mean? If like, anything, just before that, uh, Mayuri suggests um, Back to the Past, was it? Back uh, to the mail. mail. Back to the mail. Back to the mail, yeah. <laughs> and and in, in Japanese, it's, it's more like that she doesn't really understand the English that she said, she's saying, and they have to correct her. <laughs> and, yeah. I think it does work in English, I and mean, not, not DeLorean mail does not work at all, but D-mail, at least it's one before email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, DeLorean mail also works for what they're saying. It's just not a great name. <laughs> no. It's... Well, they also suggest things like the mail that leapt through time. I'm still, I'm, I like nostalgia drive. Um, the, yeah, D-mail's, D-mail's great. Have any of you seen The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, the movie? I have. It was very good. It's a great movie. Very good time travel movie. Oh, all right. I want to. I want to see that. We're just gonna watch every like we're gonna consume all time travel media during this season. <laughs> if only there is some way to record that that, that suggestion. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's true. At the end of the, the end of the season, we should do a one off where we just like do like a riff tracks for a time travel movie. <laughs> it's just us going. I'm confused for two hours. <laughs> this doesn't even have current black holes. What the hell? I read about black body radiation, so I get it, wink. Oh boy. That's not how black holes work. There's so there's still a lot of unanswered questions at this point about the D mail and why it does things. So they they figured out how it works, but they don't really fig- they don't really know why it works. They it takes them a, a longer amount of time to figure out why the message is split into parts. Is that when they start experimenting? Yeah, they do. They 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 have this big whiteboard that is like, here's all the phenomenon that we've observed so far, and uh, they start trying to figure out why it's happening. Did any of you actually look to the to the um, phone's backlog and see all the mails they tried to send? I did. Oh, I did not. No. The time jump, but you can see all the mails they sent, like with um, A, B, C, D, F, G, and see how many characters they they can send and. Oh wow! It's just like test messages to see what they can do. Yeah, you can you can see it. One of them is one week ago, and then two weeks ago, when they figure out that you have to set a timer to send to different time periods. So we're you you think that like okay, so this is the interesting part too because you'd think these experiments would have affected the past in a way, but they're sending them too far back, I guess, at this point, right? Like, and they're just sending test messages. But here's the thing. If you okay, if you if we like if this were to take place a few days later, 
and you were sending these tests back to when you were experimenting with the time machine, they would have meaning, right? Oh yeah, but they sent them. They sent them a week back. That's before everything started. Exactly. Yeah. So now they don't have meaning because it's just like in. I don't know, like, I guess Rintaro or whoever is getting these messages is just dismissing them as junk. And or, he didn't check yeah. his phone, so... Yeah. Yeah, they haven't actually changed the paths. There's a, a, a very significant thing that happens when you do that, as we saw. You basically see a cutscene when that happens. So, yeah. It, it's, I mean, they're sending junk, so it probably oh. gets interpreted as junk. But, um... Can I, have, can I do a very quick digression? Sure. By the way? I was talking, so Oren and I met up because uh, he was in the, the uh, New York City recently, and like uh, I, we were talking about like text adventures and visual novels and stuff. And this is true. I was really pissed because years back, and I've always had this story idea in my head about a time travel thing where you couldn't send back people, but you could send back information. And I was like, I thought that was, they were just data, and I thought that was so original and great, so fuck you, Steins Gate. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, we actually, you told me about that, actually, at uh, at uh, PAX one year. <sighs> Stupid me. But anyway, well, it wouldn't have mattered, this game came out later. Or whatever. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, this game came out before you guys had that conversation? Ooh, it's time travel. No, I had this idea, like, <laughs> I don't know, I just never, or did I? Or did you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, honestly, but... Um. <laughs> so it's a cool idea, though, that, like, uh, the information uh, is... I, I mean, Thank I guess you. in this case it's, like, electrons that are being sent back into the past. I'm not exactly sure. If you were like, what is the physical thing of a text message that is being sent backwards? Well, they figure out they can only send, like, 36 bytes back. So here's... This is the weird part of it, right? Because, like, if you think about it, what's going on here, I guess, is that the phone wave... You, uh, the phone wave sending it. Or you're sending a text message. Name subject to change. To, right. You're sending a text to the phone wave, which means that your phone's connected to a cell phone tower, which is um, shooting radio waves that are received by the phone wave, then forwarded back in time. And I guess they're going to the recipient. So at some point, those radio waves, maybe? I'm not 100% sure if the, about the technology here. So they have the uh, receiving phone currently plugged into the microphone, or microwave. Have they changed it halfway through this chapter? They, they do. Yeah. So. Right, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, the waves go into the past to a cell phone tower in the past, which then just feels like, I, I just got these, so I'll just forward them along, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I guess so. It must be. At, at some point in the transmission, like, it goes back, whether it's after a cell phone tower or before, but... And the only other thing I would say, if I'm Daru, by the way, my conclusion in this is, you're all ridiculous. Like, what's really happening is the mail headers are being corrupted somehow, and right. it just looks like it's coming from a week ago. And being <laughs> yeah. You know, but... But they they all accept this as we, we are sending stuff back in time, and they send... Well, they they don't say how many, but they are. They mentioned that they're testing like almost throughout the night as much as they can, and none of them think about oh maybe there are repercussions to sending stuff back in time. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and it's just like I guess too. I mean, one thing also is like I don't know in about two thousand nine, but I know like two thousand two thousand five ish like. Email was super easy to like just change things into like mail servers don't check a thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you could just you could just say like I'm Jim at visualnovelbookclub.com and like that's an email server like yeah you are 
and they would send it mm-hmm. to the persons, like, saying, like, this is from that. Like, you could totally lie about anything, and mail servers would just believe you. There's still, like, websites where you can just look up email hacks that are like, oh, yeah, they used to work all the time. Yeah. It was, like, one of those things they invented, like, before they thought about, like, social, like the applications of the internet. So it's like, fuck it, here's how you do mail. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just do it and see what happens, and you live with it now. Yeah. You can you can still do that if you have access to the mail server for a a thing. Yeah, it it, it has not changed, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so my my point being here is that it is still a little suspect, but like, yeah, I don't know if their experiments are just outright failing, or maybe they're going to like I don't, I don't know too far in the past where there's no cell phone tower to receive them, or just random places like the Jelly Man, or even some other people are, are getting these texts like Oker and Pervert. <laughs> <and>, like, <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope so. Yeah, we don't know. We don't. We still don't know why the failures happen. Well, I mean, it probably wouldn't change the timeline very much if you know a week ago I got a text that was just like A B C D G. It's all going to like a Ben and Hotmail accounts, and no one ever reads it. <laughs> so, so they do mention that the um, the text will fail if they send over thirty six bytes. So I'm not sure what the failure looks like. I but... think it just cut it off after thirty six. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't get through. Okay. It's like squeeze. Yeah, I mean, that that happened before with the first... Uh, oh, in, yeah. Uh, in Tower Send. Well, doesn't it send a complete message in just, like, separate emails? If you send 36 bytes, but if you send more than 36 bytes, and in in uh, English oh. words, a, a character is a byte, so A, B, C, D, E, F, G is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Oh, 12 at a time, up to 36, okay. The very first email... In Tower sent to Daru in the, in the introduction, that was that was what happened to it. Yeah, he only got the first thirty-six letters, and then it's cut off. So it just chops off the remainder, yeah. Hmm. But also, no, this this is like I guess this is being pretty pedantic too. This probably shouldn't happen, right? Because if there is something, because you do have to send the mail headers. Like there's information to start. Yeah, and uh, I think Daru even mentions this. Yeah. Yeah, Daru talks about the headers. And then they, they, then they ignore it. <laughs> She's just like, eh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this isn't important. Yeah, so like, but so what's happening somehow is the emails becoming three emails in the sense that it's being broken, but then new hail- mail headers are being generated for the rest of the message, which is kind of like, I think realistically, like, the mail server would just get the rest and think it's junk because there's no header. So it's just like, oh, I don't know what the fuck this is. Bye. You know? So, but at any rate, I mean, you know. Or, I mean, again, though, I guess we don't have enough information exactly, so we don't know what happens. Yeah, I guess what if it gets sent back in time before it's actually sent from the phone? Right? Then the phone would give it three headers. But the thing is that the phone... the. Oh, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like the phone is making the header, right? It's making the connection, sending it out. Then that, uh, in whatever, whatever, like, what's the stack called? The OSI stack? Whatever. Whatever physical layer in the phone is turning it into radio waves to communicate with the cell phone tower, its job is done. Phone wave makes those waves, and I'm this is me again, just guessing, makes those waves go into the past. By that time, the mail headers are already there. No, because the headers have to be in the past. Shit. Maybe they're converting it to, like, a fiber optic cable. So it actually <laughs> is light. <laughs> That's what they're sending through the black holes. The only thing I can think of is that the message itself is, like, 
cued to be sent but hasn't actually been sent, like, and that's when it happens, and then the, like, it's before it's processed by the phone to, like, be be sent out, that's when the, the path, the thing changes, right? And then the phone would be like, oh, someone just input three 12-byte text messages, and I'm supposed to send them now. And, like, that's the moment where it happens. <sighs> I don't get it. That'd be weird, but that's... But then also, but that that actually, um, because it is moving through time, but not space, so it's still on yeah. the same phone. So yeah, the, the phone actually registers it back then, sees them as outgoing messages, which doesn't require a header, it's just a thing, and then it takes that data and sends it at that time from the phone to the other phone, but it's all done in the past. The actual sending doesn't go through time. It just the data shows up on the phone and then the sending happens. Okay, so the message the message is in memory at some point. Uh, whatever was drawing the graphics on the phone is reading from memory to do that. You hit send. It gets queued somehow onto whatever accounts for the like the flash drive or just in RAM or whatever the phone is. Yeah, whatever the phone is there. Somewhere. That's the instant it goes back in time when it's like some kind of magnetic charge on RAM. I don't know what these old phones yeah. like how they work, but like whatever charges are there. That's what gets sent back into time. They get then the mail header is now composed like a week earlier when the phone's like about to send. Correct. Yeah. So like if he had checked his sent box back then, it would have been in there, or whoever but then sent the it. The problem, the problem then is that the, ofo, the microwave ofo, or excuse me, the phone wave's not doing anything then, right? Because like then your phone is like going the data on your personal phone is going back in time technically before it gets out. But yeah. what we think is really happening is that you're sending communication to the phone wave, and it's forwarding that information through backwards through time. Well, I think what the what the the microwave is like creating this this string, right? This is creating this care black hole, and um, and like, but the I don't know. I think it kind of makes sense because it's like the data on the phone is like is going through that, that care black hole that the microwave is creating. Um, and it's moving through time, but not space, so it's still on the phone. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What if we're overthinking this? And it's like, yeah, no matter what SMTP header the phone gets, if it got the message on July 21st, it's going to say, like, I'll log that under July 21st. I'll log it under when I got the message. Or oh, maybe yeah. we're underthinking it, and everything else is transported back in forward... <laughs> But the phone message is. <laughs> what if time goblins are? <laughs> but I. But the, we were talking about the 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 tower, right? The tower getting garbage messages after the first one that had no header, and then it would be like, oh, this is garbage. I'm not. I don't know where to send I'm this. Not, right. I'm not going to deliver the next two parts of this because it's broken now. There's no header. Like we are legitimately like connecting via time to someone else. Like you. Right. Like theoretically, you could make a very brief phone call. But like no, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's what they're going for. Don't forget that they, they they complicate it later because they put another phone on the phone wave that forwards the email that you sent into the actual oh, right. destination. Yeah, I don't think they actually thought through the the phone stuff as much as they have thought through the physics and I mean, everything. Like, again, though, like it could just be as like again, yeah. I mean, obviously, they probably didn't think it all the way through, or or they did as much as they needed to, but like. It really could be as simple as whoever wrote this phone software is like, I received an email, I'm going to put it in the phone's log. 
I could check the headers, or I could just take the current time, because I got it at the current time, so obviously I know when I received it, you know? Yeah, if it just shows up in the memory. But yeah. how did the tower know to send it to your phone without the header? Well, it has to have a header for, yeah. Well, cause, well the thing is that, um, technically, okay, this, is get, this gets really complicated, because the tower isn't going to use the SMTP header, right? That's like an email thing. What's going to happen is there's some ISP that gets the email address and says, I, I'm going to deliver this, but then there's something up there that says, I need to go to a cell phone tower because I know that this is a cell phone destination. No, 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 no. I'm getting this all wrong. The cell phone's checking a mail server. Like, it doesn't go directly to the phone. If these go send mail to a server somewhere that's holding onto it, your phone is checking for email over an internet connection over the cell tower. So it goes to the cell tower and says, do I have an email? It's like a poll thing. Right? Yes. This will be a great interview question, by the way. <laughs> yes! God. No, yeah, because it's not a text message. It's not SMS. It's checking a mail server. Yeah. But then how does the mail server... Because, again, if it's split into three pieces, just, like, split, split, um, then the header is in the first piece. And there's, like... Also... Also, keep in mind that the, the where is the data going? Because if it's just going to the mail server, that's a whole different thing. If it's going to the phone, the phone's going to try to check up. It's going to have a check to the mail server, and the mail server's going to be like, oh, yeah, you, you never got this. What are you talking about? Ha! SMTP headers. They don't have timestamps. It's just from from email, from domain, from name. Are we going to go into the protocol <laughs> documentation for SMTP? We already have. We, we, no, no, we will be here all night. We will be here all night. For, during this fucking podcast. <laughs> Can we get back to black holes? I wasn't so confused then. Yeah, we need to stop this. <laughs> okay. Let's get into quantum theory. That's a lot more simpler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the networking. Antique Sorry. self-technology. <laughs> oh, I hate networking. F fucking TCP bullshit. Mr. Braun is mad that we're shaking the building. He is. Um, when this happened, it occurred to me that at some point they were testing that um, future gadget called the instant humidifier, and surely that was worse. But okay, he's mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like a CRT place? Yeah, like all that humidity in the air. Yeah. Mm. But at one point, like, we shake, like, stuff from the ceiling onto his ramen, which seems like you know, we've gone too far. Well, I mean, apparently the building is old and the guy faked the... Like, there's an earthquake certificate that you're supposed to get and he just faked it. So yeah. this, these experiments could literally bring the building down. Uh, but we're skipping ahead a little bit. So they they, uh, they did a bunch of experiments. Um, uh, Okabe... Uh, Okabe... Um, goes to... Okabe, the great, right. Was that? You said it right the first time. Okay, I, I don't know how to pronounce shit. Yeah, it's it's Okabe. I actually worked with an Okabe for a while. Okabe? Okabe. Um, he goes to sleep and dreams about being in space and falling into a black hole. And a lot of uh, what Kurisu has uh, talked to us about um, is repeated back to Okabe is hearing it. And um, we we also see it on screen, of course. And it's her saying it, right? Yeah, Carissa's the voice. Yep, same voice. Um, but basically, we fall into a black hole at, at some point. Um, and I don't particularly understand it, but it, it is very nightmarish to Okabe uh, in 
several regards, although not so much to me. And then um, we wake up to, or actually we hear our phone uh, text message go off several times throughout this stream until he finally wakes up to it. Actually, could we go back just a bit? Because I think we skipped over the analogy, which is kind of a neat analogy. Oh, I guess. Because so, uh, like, they yourself. figured out... I liked it, come on. Um, it was creative analogy, but... They figured out that they can send 12 bytes through the phone up to 36, and that uh, a lifter was, was required to get the... Oh, I like the analogy. To get the black hole basically in a condition where you could get those 12 bits through. And they use it like an analogy of, let's say it's an RPG where you've got uh, hundreds of soldiers outside of the Demon King's gate, but the gate is, is strong and magically enforced, so you need a special tool to get the gate to open, but you can only open it a little bit at a time, and you can only fit 12 guys through. So you can fit uh, 12 guys through up to 36, and then everybody past that is captured by the Demon Lord's minions and they become slimes. Or you could combine all the soldiers into one, but the one would be too big to go through the gate, so he just gets captured and becomes a giant slime. Which is kind of like an analogy for what's happening with the gel bananas. Like, a apparently a banana is bigger than 36 bits. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, they, uh, said that the, uh, sodium chloride, the table salt, uh, eat because it's so small and they're all each individual grains, um, that they, um, you could theoretically, or I guess practically, put a, um, a grain of salt into the equivalent of 36 bytes and transfer it across. So, mm -hmm. that's why those salt molecules, which I didn't, I'm not sure if we talked about that, but they, they transported salt and nothing happened to it. Yeah. It's also like that's that's when the math gets a little questionable. So we're just gonna just take that one on faith. Yeah. Is a grain of salt thirty six bytes? What does that even mean? A bite is definitely smaller than a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You could eat a grain of salt in one bite. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. That was that was no. You're right, Paloma. That was the only good response to that whole line of thinking. <laughs> bite me. So, so I think it's cool that, or interesting that Chris is the one speaking to us while we're having this nightmare, because it definitely made me think, like, what if, what if we go, like, full anime, and he's just remembering all of this as he is traveling, like, he's, he, he eventually travels through time, and this is what he experiences as he approaches the event horizon. Um, he's experiencing the infinity of time. And just, yeah. 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 And that that's where this game takes place. And this is like our first hint. And Krisu's there in, like, with him. And, um, not traveling through time, but like, she was next to him when he went into the machine or something like that. And like, she's talking to him. Um, or something, you know, something like weird and as, like, obscure. Like, you know, something like, oh, it's actually been a memory the whole time as he actually has been traveling through time and this, and it's bad and sinister. And Suzuo was suspicious of Karisu. Why? Oh, sinister. And um, Celeb17 yeah. is the name of the time god. Oh my yeah. god. Celeb17 is the best nickname that Ogarin has thought of so far. I don't get it, but, uh, yeah. Like, all of his other nicknames have had 
reason behind them. I don't I don't get Celeb 17. Well, because she's rich. It's because she's like a famous she's like a famous person. Oh yeah, she was a celebrity at 17. No, no I got, it's, yeah. it's it's because she lives in your hotel. That's the reasoning. Yeah, so she has all this money. Yeah, because her parents are paying for it, yeah. Yeah, um, and so she doesn't okay. care about the lottery. But we'll get to right. that in a minute. But also, like, that's basically what Devotion said is what my theory was, too. Like, oh, is he just, like, stuck? Is the reality that he is stuck, like, or wherever he is, like, within this black hole, is the reality and what he's perceiving is not the actual reality? And also could be, like, is his weird responses to thing just, like, the way his brain kind of justifies him jumping through time? Is the organization the ones that threw him into the black hole? I, I love how he's still holding on to the concept of the organization, even though we now have a name for it, and it's CERN. And it is an organization! Just call it CERN! Just like, <laughs> there you go! You got your criminal, like, mastermind thing. You already know which one it is. They already killed 100 people. That's CERN. Go ahead. Yeah, it, like, he's... It, he, it's. I like that, though, because it shows that he is actually still processing this and, like, having trouble accepting it. Like, he has this whole fantasy world, and now it's like, oh, this could be real. Like, my fantasy world could really be happening, and, like, he can't quite process it. Yeah, he, he's not into it. He's not into it at all. He changes He changes a lot of his story to fit with now what is actually happening. Yeah, regardless of what's happening, he is definitely... Like, whatever we're seeing is his coping mechanism. It may not be, yeah. like, for a real good reason, but it, there's definitely this what we're seeing. No, hold up. What if he has a coping mechanism because someone had to go back in time and he has to know about an organization of some sort? Yeah. yeah. It's the 12 Monkeys again. Uh, so, we we left off at, at the, the phone calls, that he or the texts that he's receiving. So, we wake up and Moeka is at our door. She's finally here. Um... Moeka, uh, this is ridiculous. This yeah. like Rintaro starts his ridiculous um, cavalcade of just admitting that they made a time machine to multiple people. Um, <laughs> After telling people that they need to be quiet about it because the organization will come kill them, he just lets her in, lets her take pictures of the uh, IBN fifty one hundred, and um, like assumes that if he says like you can look at it, but you can't borrow it till we're done with it, that like she'll respect that and like not try anything, like not try to get help or steal it. You can read the emails that she was sending you while you were sleeping, and it's straight up like stalker shit, like. Oh, I'm here at your house. I'm coming up the stairs. Uh, you don't appear to be home, but your lights are on, so I'm just going to stay here. Uh, where are you if you're not home? <laughs> it's just... If you look at him, it's just... You do not... You call the police, please. <laughs> yeah, she's been creepy, like, this whole time. Um, maybe not necessarily in a threatening way, but just, like, in a... Ew, why would, why would you even give this person the time of day kind of way? Mm-hmm. And he even tells her that the computer was at the shrine, that that's where he got it from. So she can now go there. Like, everything is really, like, um, I guess she could try to convince uh, Luca's dad to, like, let her borrow it instead. I mean, that wouldn't work, but she doesn't know that. I mean, I don't think Rintaro cares if she, if she gets it after he's done with it. He just wants want to, to get it now. Yeah. If there's anybody that's a time traveler, I think it's her, because her line of questioning, saying, well, who's the original owner? Where is the original owner's house? I think that's her trying to be like, okay, I'll just go there back in time to before he got it. Yeah. Also, she goes, 
What, what, she asked him, are you FB? What is she talking about? Did I miss that reference? No, he doesn't uh, follow up on it. We don't know. What the hell? FB? Like, at first I thought she was like, are you FBI? And I'm like, yeah. what? Are you Facebook? I, yeah, I thought, when I first read it, I thought it uh, cut off. Yeah. Like a, like a D-mail. So I was like, <laughs> are you FB? Next email, I. <laughs> or is that how they asked for weed back then? Are you no, USB? I can't. I can't even think of what it would stand for. I don't know. I, I tried this while I was reading, and can... especially because the the question "Are you FB?" could also be the letters "Are you FB?" But I don't know what that stands for either. Rough book. I was thinking it's maybe rough book. <laughs> rough book. Maybe someone we haven't met yet, like another, like we're gonna meet like another time traveler, like not John Titer, but you know, Frank Beans. It could be the name of the resistance. Are you a fuckboy? <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. I, I got it. Are you future blink? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Future something. Future battlers. Are you? Are your kids talking about time travel? Here's some, <laughs> here some texts to look out for if you're a parent. <laughs> nice. So... Basically, Rintaro just like admits that Daru comes in. He starts talking about the time machine, sending emails to the past. Like Moek is just there, taking pictures of the computer, um, and and she hears it and she's like, "What time travel?" Or she never actually says this out loud. She texts it to us. Oh yeah, do, do you want to talk about how she speaks via texts? Because I think it gets really annoying. Um... Oh god, from a gameplay mechanic, this is so bad. It is just annoying as hell. I, yeah. yeah, they they intentionally made this super annoying because you have to pull up your phone and open up all of your texts, and it you have a text message jingle that goes off, and every time, so uh, you can choose to ignore her talking. It got to a certain point where I just ignored it. Yeah, they they could have done that though in like maybe like five or six, and it goes on so long, like they just keep doing it because she doesn't she doesn't talk any other way. I mean, she does, like, a sentence here and there, but most of the time, if she wants to say something, she just sends an email. Yeah. She, and she moves around, like, she'll bow to people and things like that, and do actions that would communicate a little bit, but as for speaking, it's almost entirely through the phone. We Yeah, we thought from last time, too, it might be because she's from the future. But. but she's the most unbearable character so far, because she's constantly... Interfering with your like user interface by sending you text messages, and you have to <laughs> click, and that's really frustrating. And also, but that would be okay if she ever gave us any information, but she yeah. never does. She only take once information, but she doesn't offer anything, and like it doesn't make any sense. And she always signs her fucking texts. I know it's from you. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to. <laughs> but somehow Ritaro makes her the fifth lab member, and I hate it. Um, but after she becomes the fifth lab member and as she starts interacting with the group more, I, I really thought she was from the future, but like now I'm, I'm not so sure because she's just kind oh. of like, I don't know. I don't know what she is, but like, I'm way less suspicious of her now. She says the most obvious thing all the time. It's like, it's basically emails from Captain Obvious. Like, oh, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Like she sent you a text message. like, I agree. I love it because there there's a point where they have another round table with everyone there and she's just making almost sort of colored commentary over what everything is being said and you don't have to look at her text but there's like 
They talk about the butterfly effect, and she just texts you and says, I've never heard of the butterfly effect. Everyone's so smart. She's let's playing the game. That's what I wrote in my notes. Yeah, <laughs> she was, oh, no, now she's let's playing this yeah. game. And, like, a real bad let's play, too, because he's just like, oh, he's so fun. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> Dark side Moika. You know what? You know what just hit me? Speaking of email... Um, it's a little interesting that we haven't gotten any emails from August 9th. Like, what's happening a week from now that we're no longer sending us ourselves email? Ooh. Mm. In fact, at this point, we can't ever get an email. from. If we're not getting them now, there's no reason to imagine we'd get them from... Well, maybe, I mean, maybe we don't know yet, I guess, but... I don't know, but like, like Trevor said, Dark Side of America, maybe she's a... It's too, maybe we're all too busy whacking it next, in the future. Fair, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Another thing that annoys me about Moika is her shirt. She has, like, the most <laughs> anime boob sock shirt. It, like, it's a normal button-up with just, like, a like a yard of extra fabric around her breasts, and I it makes me mad every time I see it, so I'm biased. That is some custom-ass shirts, I'll tell you that. Like, you gotta, you gotta... It's extremely custom. Like, she sewed that herself. <laughs> 3D printed shirt. <laughs> it really is. Maybe that's what they wear in the future. Oh, of course, in the future. Um, but in the yeah, like, future, like really, it's really bothering me. She's very annoying. If she and like her me- method of communication isn't necessarily annoying. It's I think it's that she doesn't have anything to add. So it's yeah. like, why is she here? She's not contributing anything. Well, she's only there to to send annoying like. To, to, it's almost like a like an internal commentary of like, oh, the emails are so annoying. Social people send them a lot because they never have anything to say. So, I mean, let's look at our terrible antagonist of the game, right? Mr. Braun, who's fucking with his, uh, his shop downstairs. CERN, and then Micah, because she wants the IBM 5100. That's that's our villains. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and, and like, you contrast Moika to Suzuha, who uh, we interact with as well, and, uh... She contributes things, right? Like, she's obviously very suspicious as well, and um, appears to be, uh, talks like she's from the Resistance in the future, but, like, we don't know, right? Um, and, and so obviously also, and, and, like, we don't know why they want, like, um, why they want this, why they're even here, or, like, why they want something here, and we'll, we'll get into that, I think, later. We talked to John Titer again. Um, she, uh, like she she could be suspicious too, but she actually like has something to say and like gives us hints and stuff and yeah. why is she suspicious of Kurisu, you know, all this stuff and um so we uh head out and, and then of course so after telling Moika about everything, uh Rintaro then also heads outside and talks to Suzua, who is outside with Mr. Braun's daughter Ne uh it's not Nay, is it Nai? It's, it's Nai. And uh, the end is they not. both have pigtails, um, and they both like bikes. And one of them stares into your soul. <laughs> and Nay's eyes are absolutely absurd. Um, they are the same colors as Mr. Braun's eyes, which are green and purple, but her eyes are 30 times larger and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so her eyes are the same size as a regular, like, uh anime person's eyes are, but her face is a lot smaller, so it just takes up two-thirds of her face. 
And so we talked to uh, we talked to Suzuha outside. It's basically to to show that uh, also she is listening to us because she's outside polishing her bike, but she can is in the position where she can hear everything that's going on in the lab. So she has heard everything. Clearly, intentionally. <laughs> yeah, she's clearly sent to spy on us. Like this is this is very obvious at this point. If she's a good guy or a bad guy, I don't know. But she's she's clearly sent to spy on us from the future resistance or something like that. Also, she doesn't like Karisu. Yeah, she hates Karisu. And she's also like, hey, I heard you made a time machine. Good job. Yeah, what the fuck? And she also doesn't like, she doesn't seem that, think that's weird. She's like, yeah, okay, cool. But what else are you doing? It's like, no, no, but we invented a time machine. This is insane. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But what else? Yeah. <laughs> a humidifier? Well, I've never hey. heard word of these where I come from. I'm also interested to see what Moeka and Krisu's relationship is going to be like, because if Suzua is from the Resistance and Moeka is really, like, hired by CERN in the future, then I would expect that she gets along with Krisu. Like, you know, if Krisu turns evil in the future or something like that. Like, I really want to see, like, how, like, what, what are the hints that are being dropped now about who ends up on what side. Um... Also, there's so they okay. So then, the, then it's the fun part. Then they talk about actually changing the past, and they have another roundtable. And Rintaro's like, "We we want to like meaningfully change the past. We've been sending nonsense emails in the past. It hasn't changed anything. Um, but he wants to meaningfully change the past." And um, can I, can I say that Kurisu is is being pretty dumb here because as he's like, "Oh well, we need to move on to the next phase," which is obviously. Uh, trying to change the past she's like no are you crazy how would we ever how have you even thought about the repercussions of that and she has been sending more the most <laughs> emails out of everyone here yeah so she's upset um and also he Rintaro's idea is of course to try to uh win the lottery and uh so she's upset that that that's a, a like a selfish goal um but then Daru and Mayuri jump in to reassure Krisu that uh, Rintaro is actually a nice person and he's just bullshitting all the time. And like, <laughs> she maybe didn't quite get it as much as she finally, like, I feel like she finally gets it in that moment where like, I, I don't know why she didn't get it before, but like, if there was any part of it that she didn't get, like, she gets it now that like, this is his weird coping mechanism. And yeah. That he doesn't actually think that he's... Well, he do, it's, it's his weird coping mechanism. Whether it's true or not, it really isn't important. Um, but his behavior, like, he would never actually hurt anyone. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, quirk, quirk or eccentricity mode, right? Yeah. And we actually even get a taste of it with, um, when we're suggesting we finally decide on a lottery to use and the... The first, um, sorry, was like, the first prize is, uh, 70 million yen. Or, or even, like, 7,000 yeah. million yen or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, scared. Yeah, he got yeah, scared, scared, and him. even, and they're like, okay, well, second, second place, and, uh, that one was, I think that one was, like, 70 million yen. Um, and then it's like, okay, let's go with third, and that, uh, that eventually... Uh, that was seven hundred thousand yen. Yeah, which is like seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. 
Approximately. That was an acceptable amount of money to him. So he's like, let's use it to win third place. We can do rent for uh, for a while for that. It's like he's laundering money or something. It's like, oh, I can't get away with the millions. I gotta go with 7,000. The logic's sound, right? Because, like, if it, that's gonna have a huge effect if you win the big prize. Because then your press gets involved and things like that. And, you know, somebody winning that, like, you know, third place in the lottery, like, that's thousand dollar prize nobody really gives a shit about yeah, well, i think it's mostly that he's scared of having too much money honestly yeah also they just hacked like a huge tech company so they probably don't want to be very famous right now another interesting comment is that while he's explaining this and he's talking about the many worlds theory moeka sends us a text message that says she doesn't believe that there are more worlds than this one I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. She's playing pretty dumb throughout this entire conversation, and, like, yeah. she doesn't understand any of the words that are, are saying. Like, they talk about even the butterfly effect, and she doesn't understand what that is. If she is, I mean, if she's a part-timer from the future, like, if, if she is from the future, that doesn't necessarily, like, she could be, right? A part, Literally a part-timer, like, hired to do this thing. Like, she doesn't know anything about how it works. She was just hired to do this job. I don't know, though. Like, her behavior in this has, has sort of endeared me to her, like, a little bit, um, because she's basically, like, LPing this game. And, um, and also she just seems like gen, like, she seems like she's genuinely incapable instead of, um, faking it. Like, the, it seems like this is, this is genuinely her. She's not, like, she's not, like, not speaking in order to fool us. It seems that she, that this is, that part of her is, is real. Welcome to the future gig economy. <laughs> oh, no. In the future, we don't need to speak anymore. I got this job. I wasn't qualified for it. Oh, well. <laughs> it also kind of scares me because, like, what if? Like, what if she's from the future and she's, like, you know, like, raised in CERN or whatever and she never actually needs to speak, right? Because, like, everything is, like, instructions and, and or text and, and she, like, just doesn't have a lot of experience speaking because she doesn't need to in whatever dystopia she's from. Yeah. Um, what what else is going on here? Because then, yeah, so the plan is... He I sends the mail. But he sends it through uh, Mocha's phone, right? No. He sends it to his phone, from his phone. No, she, she, he gives his phone to Moeka to, she crafts uh, right. the message. No, did, did he, is it, I, I think he just sent it himself. They didn't use Moeka's phone at all. Yeah, he didn't use Moika's phone. Moika writes the message on his phone. Oh yeah, he he asked he, he asked her to to write a message because she's um, good with emails. So and and they need yeah. to <laughs> and they need to cut it down like, to thir- to thirty six characters. Convince me to do this in thirty six bytes. Yeah. yeah. Which is like your parents saying like you're good with computers. Fix fix our router. Yeah. No, no, that's your parents saying like, hey, you're good with computers. Can you lock the front door? Like anyone can fucking do this. <laughs> like what? But anyway, sorry. Obviously, she hasn't been good at convincing him to do anything yet, also, because it took so long <laughs> to get the computer, but... Uh, they, they wanted a message... Yeah, they wanted a message that would convince Rintaro one week ago that he should bet on these, on these numbers. Yeah, and uh, he sends the mail and uh, gets uh, an overwhelming feeling of vertigo... Uh, there's an effect on the screen, uh, in my, in my notes I just wrote, he send the mail, you done fucked up, Ocarine. Uh, well, 
We get the probability. Yeah. yeah, we get the, the number. The divergence change, the percentage, but it's it's a much lower change because last time it went from I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like one point three something, let's say, to zero point six. This time though, it was like very less significant digits, like the you know what I mean, like of a, of a seven digit behind the decimal number, like the last three changed or something. It was like point zero. Point zero two was like the most significant digit, and that didn't ca- that didn't yeah. change. So yeah, so uh, yeah, so but he feels the the world line change, and uh, everyone's memories are affected. So nobody else in the room remembers what just happened, um, and they're like, yeah, they, like they they were still in the part where they were thinking of how they were going to try to test this. Um, and he comes in and starts talking about the lottery. They're like, oh, that's a good idea, the lottery. But, like, none of this happens. I feel like it takes him a little while to catch on when he's already gone through this before. Like, what what did you think? <laughs> uh, but he's upset that nobody remembers. Yeah, and, and Dame, Dame disappeared from his scent history, too. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he, he, it's not in his scent history, but it's in his receive history. Yeah. And uh, nobody remembers. He's, like, confused as if, like, we haven't been through this a lot of times. You know, like, what do you think? Like, it worked. What, what do you think? But it's scary, of course. And, um, and he's the only one who can feel this change, this detect this change in world lines. Um, and we're like, well, did it work? And did I, did I enter the lottery? Did I, did I win uh, $7,000? And uh, Luca arrives. Luca knocks on our door in her casual outfit. Very cute outfit. So cute. I, lo- I was like, oh, the best character is here. Yeah, Luca is definitely my favorite. <laughs> She's so cute. I love her. And I like how Mayori's like, hey, do you want to try out on my costumes? And, and Luca's like, I, I got this. I'm, I'm good. I-, I-, I'm- I think I'm pretty good with my look. I'm here for something different <laughs> than that. So Luca's here to apologize because uh, Okarin sent her. Apparently, she like we learned through this conversation that she sent Rintaro. Or, sorry, Rintaro sent her that that those numbers. So he didn't do it himself. He was like, ah, this is crap. I'll send it to Luca. She'll and do anything. She'll do anything. And he's like, fill out these numbers and see if you win. And she filled it out wrong. She missed one of the numbers. So she won fourth place, which is only. Uh, I think it was 70 bucks. bucks. Seven, uh, yeah, 700. <laughs> so that's still a lot. That's like, you know, a new, a new game uh, to replace Alpaca Man. <laughs> but here's what I'm wondering. Uh, is that like the universe's way of fixing the paradox? Because if they won, then they would have no reason to send that back. So it's like, okay, yeah. you didn't win. This this is just what happened. The universe said, nope, you're filling out that number wrong. And also that Luca had to do it. The one question I have is what happened to the Rintaro that was in this new world line? Because yeah, what? our Rintaro doesn't remember any of that. He remembers what happened in the, pre- in the previous time with the world line. Yeah, he can perceive future, but not past. Is it many worlds where there's many Rintaras, or is it, like, self-correcting? Where, like, there is only one timeline, but it just propagates backwards. So what, what, what happened to those memories, though? There was a Rintaro that gave a look at the numbers, but it's not the Rintaro who's currently in this world line. Right. Well, here's the, well, here's the tricky part of this, is that this is not many worlds in the way that we're used to thinking about it. There's a notion of a true timeline that these timelines diverge from, right? So 
I'm wondering if there's some notion of like almost like history being overwritten in a way, in the sense that like the Rentara that sent that Luca the email doesn't exist anymore. In fact, he never really was. You know what I mean? Because Luca remembers him doing it, but he never did. It's like right. that uh, that reasoning. Yes. Yeah, so maybe the timeline. Act, there, so maybe we're thinking about this wrong. Maybe the split didn't happen ago. It happened as soon as we sent that message, and then right. there is now there are two uh, Rintaros. So what I, I kind of hate about many worlds interpretations and stories too is it kind of fucks up fucks with the stakes a lot because it's like there's now a timeline somewhere out there where Luca didn't get a lottery ticket that they're in that we're never going to hear about again. Eh, who cares? And, and like, so, and, and I'm on the same page as you, like, if this is a true many worlds theory, you can never get back to the same timeline you're from. That is, that is impossible. Because the act of time travel alone, right. And so, uh, but here, Steins Gate is an interesting one of a notion of, no, no, there is true time. There is a timeline that we're, we're kind of on. You can kind of diverge through it, but like the universe is gonna, I don't know, I don't know if it's gonna converge eventually or what, but at this point... Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. Rintaro's unique insofar. I don't know if there is, right... I guess I don't know. I don't know right now if there is another Luca out there who never got a lottery ticket number, and now we're in a timeline with the one who did, or if Luca is now just the new... This is the new Luca, and this is how she always was. There never was any more a Luca that never got the lottery number. This is Luca. Um, so... This this is, again, where we get back into the attractor field. So, Steinkate sort of, um fixes or has a different many worlds theory and where it gets back to where the certain timelines can converge back to a single point to I, I think we're going to learn about it in, in later chapters. I mean I, I know a little bit of method with the red ahead. Yeah. But let, let's I, I think we should probably get into the details when we get to this to it in the story. Yeah. It's also hinted at the end of this chapter too. Titer Titer tries to talk about it a little bit, yeah. but yeah maybe not not in true detail. Yeah. So Rintaro gets flustered by the, by Luca having you know won the the money and won fourth place and he's like oh what's going on and so he he rushes out and leaves everybody and just needs some air because um, he's the only one who remembers doing this and he I think probably he doesn't quite say it but I think he feels like he's in a room full of strangers now and so he rushes outside and Suzu is there uh, still polishing her bike and listening to us. And um, she's like, "Oh, you look, you look brainwashed." And he, and we're like, "We." I, and Rintaro's like, "I feel brainwashed." And she actually checks. So like, the facade is gone. She's like, looks at his eye, and she's like, "Oh, when you're brainwashed, they usually put a chip inside your lower eyelid, and you don't have one. So I, I you haven't been brainwashed." Um, and we're like, "What?" And Suzu is like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Although it does feel like he picks up on it now that he's like, "Oh no, she's different." Yeah, maybe he, like, finally caught on a little bit. Like, I don't think he wants to believe it, so he kind of ignored yeah. it. Still. Yeah, he doesn't talk about it a lot, but he also kind of mentions it, where he's like, oh, okay, yeah. So you, you get the impression to, to this, in this dialogue that, like, he knows now. But also, like, if you, if you like, grew up chatting with Ferris, who, like, will constantly try and pull this shit, like, oh, no, they put a chip in your eye when you're brainwashed. I, I think you'd also be, like... You sort of shrug off Suzuha's. Yeah, like we're talking to our our turned off phone about the organization. I mean, you know, you never know. She, you know. Yeah. She might be our soulmate for all we know. <laughs> you know, just like yeah, you, they put a chip on your arm. Whatever. Uh. 
And he finally asks her, like, what do you know about time travel? And she says, I think you should talk to John Titor. It makes me wonder if she's John Titor. I kept thinking that, too. But also, like, it seems weird that why wouldn't you just talk to him then? Like, what, what are you drawing out? Well, maybe several people are John Titor. I don't know. She mentions that, like, he's all the rage nowadays on the internet. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is probably the right term for it, but... <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so he, so he does. Rotaro comes back to, he tries to explain, yeah, he tries to explain stuff to her, and she says, ask John Titor. Um, and, uh, Rotaro returns to the lab and dismisses everyone, because he's feeling very overwhelmed, but Krisu stays. Uh, he's, uh, Rotaro starts messaging John Titor. Uh, Titor says the divergence of this world line, and he gives the number, it's like .57, da 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 um, it might, and it's a different number than the one you no, listed before, isn't it? Or is it the same? I didn't write it down last time. Oh, it's the same number we, it's the number we see in the cutscene. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so that's, that's what that number is. Um, I didn't really pay that much attention to it before, because I figure I probably don't, if I have to write that down, I'm, that's too much. <laughs> you can, you know, it's a good way, by the way. Um, I'll link it. The, the, the LP is good for that, even though the translation's different, but for, like, these kinds of details, and the, you know, just don't scroll too far down, I guess, you know, but, like, yeah, but at any rate, you know, I checked, because I was like, wait, is that this, you know, but, anywho, so the point is, yeah, Titer, what we're seeing, I think, is Titer's device that tells, tells him how divergent we are from whatever the, I guess the timeline he came from. yeah. And yeah. uh, so Rintaro tries to get John Titor. Yeah, he's expl- to explain more about measuring divergence. He explains that he has this device and that it measures rel- the divergence rel- relative to the time he came from. Yeah, so it's 0.57, etc. from his timeline. There is no, like, he doesn't know what the true timeline is. Uh, and um, he, Titor is confused. Yeah, Titor is confused that Rintaro can observe d- c- uh, convergence. I guess, um, and uh, he's like this. Humans who can observe convergence are extremely rare. I'm not, like he's never met one. He's uh, like really uh, amazed at this and believe, but and believes us. And Titer implies that um, science in his from his time uh, in the future has not been able to break one percent divergence. So it's at point five seven. They can't get it past one. And he says that once they break 1% divergence, then the future that he comes from won't happen. Yeah. So it's like, he says that the changes that they've been able to make have basically been so small that there's basically no point. And if he can somehow, you know, make a big change, then I guess it won't happen. And Rintaro points out that the original title that he remembers from the year 2000 one, the reason, the, the, the one that, I guess, occurred in real life as well, um, wanted technology to stop World War III, um, which is different than what this Titer is saying. He's trying to stop the future from happening. Um, which makes me think, like, is what happened is that they achieved 1% divergence and it stopped World War III, but it made this new thing happen instead? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. CERN stops World War III, but then CERN becomes, like, the new, like, overarching evil... Whatever. Yeah, so uh, it, the chapter ends quite ominously with Titer telling Rintaro that he wants him to be the messiah. Dun, dun, dun. And now, 
the, the one thing that I have to that that immediately inspired me when I was watching when I was like you know going through this was that okay is the reason why he can seem to perceive this you know this this convergent stuff is that because he's actually in the event horizon yeah uh, he's perceiving all these different timelines and is that what's going on here in that like oh yeah he he knows what happened the first time. The Titer showed up, and they stopped World War Three. He knows what happened this time when Titer tried to d- stop CERN, but like he's just experiencing these things, mm-hmm. and like this has this is the this is his storyline of like you know oh no I just see what's happening all the time because I I'm in this right now. Oh my God! What if I also had suspect I also had been wondering if maybe John Titer was Rintaro from the future, which is why he had to use a fake name. Um, but uh, the the use this whole messiah thing makes me think no, that's not the case. It also, I'm also not sure if he's Suzua either. Well, wait a sec. Why why wouldn't Rintaro from the future want Rintaro from the past to be the messiah? Because uh, it, because it scares so it scares Rintaro so much to be to be to that like that word scares him and like makes and so I feel like Rintaro from the future wouldn't want to scare Rintaro from the past. Yeah. Unless he felt like there was no other choice to get his past self to do the right thing that he needs him to do. But I feel like it, like if you were trying to convince your past self to do something, you wouldn't immediately probably think, like, oh, I need to scare myself. Like, you would probably be like, okay, I know what I'm motivated by. Do you? Do you think you know yourself from ten years ago well enough? I'd know how to talk to me that I wouldn't freak myself out. I, it wouldn't be my first, like, strategy. I hear no. I, I'm. I guess I'm just sort of thinking that more broadly or philosophically because it's like, I wonder though if you do forget, where you'd say like, or it's like something like you'd say like, I want you to be the new messiah, and then later on, or seeing that play out, you'd be like, oh right, I wouldn't have liked that. I would have preferred it phrased this or something. I don't know. What unless, you, unless you know yourself well enough to try to provoke yourself into doing something, like if you say something that you expect you to freak out. Of. I feel like I would play more into my personal mythology, right? Like, like Rintaro has this whole mythology built up around himself that he uses to cope, and I feel like I would want to reference that more directly versus bringing this outside world in. Like, I would be like, like me from ten years ago. Like, I I know what what she like wanted and like what out of life and what she thought of herself and what she was worried about. Like me at nineteen, like I would probably just be like. Oh, you'll like, uh, you know, get that scholarship if you do this, or you'll like meet <laughs> your future husband by doing this. You know, that would be like really convincing. So one, yeah, um, no, I uh, not to jump again, but like one other possible thing. Tell me if I, this is crazy. What if John Titer isn't a time traveler per se, but it's someone who's sending messages to the past? Yeah, yeah. I thought of that yeah. about literally everyone. Yeah. Like, what mm-hmm. if Moeka is Moeka's getting her instructions from the future, perhaps, and that's why she's always looking at her phone? What if she's always looking at her phone because she's getting instructions from Rintaro from the future? <laughs> and not from CERN, because they didn't think about sending text messages that we know of, but Rintaro did. What if she's actually on our side this whole time? <laughs> and that's why she's so crap at her job, because she was hired by Rintaro. <laughs> <laughs> What if we've got it all backwards? Yeah. One thing, so this is a non-theory, that I was really intrigued by this notion of a personal prisoner's dilemma that you have with yourself, meaning that you send back the lottery numbers to yourself, but you change two of them because you don't want to win the big prize. But does your past self, if not in on that plan, do they change two numbers then, thinking, I don't want to win the big prize here? 
and then you get this silly sort of thing happen where you don't know if your future self already did it or not. And I was really into this, and I realized you could just send a second message that says I didn't change the numbers. Yeah. (laughs) If you got a text message from if you got a text message from yourself in the future that said these are the lotto numbers, what would you do? I'd play those numbers because what's what's the loss? It's five bucks. Who gives a crap? I'd try it. I'd play it. Like what the hell? Why not? Five yeah. bucks. I, wait, how far in the future? Like a week? Yeah, a week. Yeah, Just like absolutely. This. Absolutely. Oh, but he doesn't know. The mail doesn't say when it was sent from. It, I mean, if you send me a message, like, if I got a message just now from a random stranger, I, I'd, I'd probably play those numbers. Yeah, why not? It's like, how are they, how are they going to benefit from me paying those numbers? Like, there's, you're not going to know when I do it or, like, how I do it, so no. Yeah, so one thing, by the way, I just, to jump back quickly to, because um, I was looking up SMTP, like, client-side stuff here also, the mail server is our intermediary here, but the thing is that they're probably going to tag the SMTP servers. Like, the client will, but they might not trust the client, because that is something, like, you shouldn't do until you have to, is trust a client header. Like, you know when you receive, like... When the email servers talk to each other, they have their own SMTP server that says, I received this then. You know what I mean? And they can, like, they can trust a client header, sure, depending on the software, but they probably shouldn't. Anyhow, sorry. This isn't the the educational content I thought we were going to have in this. I thought we were going to have more educational content about quantum mechanics. Okay, can I actually... All right, I want to bring... I want... Because I... I was, after I finished a chapter, I had some time, I was like, what the hell? I found this video on YouTube. I'll look it up now so I can credit the person. Because I did, I like this video, although it's it's called Quantum, Mecha- Quantum Mechanics Made Easy. Let me see if I can just find it very quickly, sorry. Yeah, Quantum Theory Made Easy by King Crocoduck, okay? Um, it's Professor Crocoduck. Pretty Good name. I, I, I had to, like, stop it every five minutes and then read on Wikipedia and then figure stuff out. And I had to turn to Twitter at one point because there's, like... It's it's really cool, and what I like about it is a lot of quantum theory stuff goes into the equations, but this goes through the history of physicists finding it, which I think is really cool in the way of, like, internalizing it and being able to explain it to people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's I'm really down with this, but I'm, I'm really early on. But here's the cool part about it, right? So a lot of it pre-Einstein has to do with Planck and Planck's constant. Uh, and I always thought his name was Planck, but that's what this person says, so whatever. Um... So the kind of like revelation that Planck had was, and he didn't know it at the time, that you could... All right, so he was looking up this thing called black body radiation, which is a notion that a device that could perfectly absorb all kinds of radio radiation, like from across different frequencies and spectrums. So ultraviolet light, different kinds of light, etc. And not reflect it out. And also, like, a perfect black body would also emit uh, radiation at any frequency. Now... Here's the funny thing. You can make a, uh, an almost perfect black body with a container with a hole in it. As stupid as that sounds. Because <laughs> it's just very unlikely the waves entering the hole will be able to get back out. But an ideal black body is just like a container with like an infinitism- infinitesimally small uh, exterior. Where radio or waves can get into it but not back out, right? And classical physics held that a perfect black body being able to emit waves of any frequency, well, energy would be distributed among each wave. So the higher frequency, the more energy would be there. Therefore, a uh, a perfect black body would emit waves with such high energy, it could burn up and destroy the universe. And since that hadn't happened, there could not be an ideal black body. And Planck's like, that's stupid, more or less. Like, not really, but... So there was something kind of wrong with this, and 
Quant couldn't quite figure it out, but what he did figure out was that the reason you could have a black body is not because, um, you know, it, basically, like, energy and waves don't quite work like that, but the way they sort of work, and I'm kind of glossing over and probably fucking this up, is that you waves aren't continuous, the way we think of math and everything, which is really nuts, and in fact, he didn't really, like, publicize this part of it. He wrote it in a private correspondence to a friend. But he felt that, like, energy in, uh, across waves and frequencies happened quantized or in discrete numbers. So, uh, obviously, this happens at a very small level. But the idea being that, like, you could have, like, energy packets and waves, of, and I'm just making these numbers up, like, 2.63 joules or 2.64 joules, but never in between them. It just could not, it was impossible to happen. Which is ridiculous for physics, because you think of math and physics as this continuous thing, but he's like, no, it's discrete. Almost like computers, like there's steps, like you can't go between these things. And um, so basically he came up with this equation, E equals NHF, where N is an integer value multiplying out H, which is his constant, and F, which is the frequency of a wave. So basically, energy packets and frequencies only happen at certain steps, right? It's, qu it's quantized, he called them quanta, hence quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. So what's fucked up about Stein's gate is that means like the attractor thing it kind of parallelizes that, meaning that, like, there's not just this continuous world of infinite timelines. There's only certain ones. It's almost like a discrete amount of timelines that, like, all the timelines would therefore, like, fall into or become attracted to, in a way. Hmm. That's hmm. interesting. Then it gets into the photo... Yeah. I like that. It's interesting. Yeah. The biggest problem with it I'm having is the jump from black body radiation to that, where, like, I feel like I'm glossing over something. Like, it doesn't quite makes sense to me why but um then it gets into the photoelectric effect which is which like kind of is like this really this is like a weird, really weird thing where if you shine light on metal it'll emit electrons but like it's like this it's it like shows the stepping thing where it's like red light won't do it at all no matter how intense the red light is but once you go to like green light or ultraviolet light like now the electrons come out and it does it in like these sort of quanta, it's, it's like, um, and Einstein noticed the photoelectric effect, which is what leads to the theory of relativity at some point, I'm assuming. I'm 21 minutes into this 30 minute video, basically, and this is part one, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's all really cool stuff, it's fun. It, it is cool, yeah. Um, it's really, I think that, that physics, uh, and theoretical physics is, is a surefire way to sort of uh, if you ever feel like we've got any sort of grasp on on the world we live in and how it works, just kind of pull that out from under you and be like, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, you can even appreciate, right? Like, back then in the end of the 19th century, like, this guy comes out with this thing, like, it's like math isn't continuous here. Like, it doesn't work. It's like everybody would think that's, like, ridiculous. You know, that makes no sense. It doesn't hold anything. But that's, like, the start of quantum mechanics. That's where the name comes from. I, I really do think it's neat that we can analyze the world that we live in on, on such a, a, a minute level. And then, you know what happened, though? Then my brother texted me about Cobra Kai, and I had to watch the first two episodes of that, so I'll get that. <laughs> it, is it good? It's pretty good. I liked it, yeah. Huh. Okay. All right, I, next I... time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to read half of Chapter 4, Oren. How, how, when should we stop? Okay, so um, you know that cutscene with the numbers that says the Twin Tower jump toward lines? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're going to read until the second time that happens in the chapter. Oh, God. Oh, sure. Wait, the second time in this chapter? Yeah. Okay. 
And also, um, this will have the first um, choice that actually impacts the ending that we're going to get. Um, so when you get uh, an email from Carissu, make sure you select report and not any of the other options. Report? Yeah, because um, otherwise you'll get a different ending and we're doing it in a specific order. Should we make a save before we make that selection? Uh, yeah. yeah, because we're going to go back here when we do the second playthrough. All right. Oh my god. I heard that this game has like an early choice that changes the outcome of the entire game, but I don't know what it is or when it happens. Now you do. Maybe it's this one. Maybe. All right. Um, uh, El Sai Kangaroo. El Sai Kangaroo. El Sai Kangaroo. El Sai Kangaroo.